All right, fellow listeners and podcasters, for today, this 12th of March, 2022, we have two topics brought to us by two colleagues of mine, Mr. John Ives, whom I had the very, very distinct pleasure of working with at Durham School Services, and from Ms. Paula Taylor, learning trainer at Amazon and a very integral part of process improvement for our building. Both bring us to very important topics that we all have wrestled with at one time in our life or another. In my research, I found two great articles that help break down both topics and that will also generate both thought and discussion. Let's dive right in and start our podcast, shall we? All right. The first topic comes to us from Mr. Ives, and he asks, how do you build an employee into a strong leader so they can build a strong team and successful business? Well, John, uh, I've got an article that I'll share with you and the rest of the listeners there, and it comes to uh, it comes to us from Mr. John Rampton, entrepreneur, contributor, and co-founder of Qualtrics XM. Okay, so it uh, it's called Ten Strategies for Developing a Strong Leader. Number one, challenge based on a sink a sink or swim philosophy, throwing a challenge or project, or impossible problem at somebody with leadership potential is an ideal way to start the ball rolling toward leadership development. This type of environment gives a potential leader the space to decide how to approach the uh, the challenge, who can help, how to get that assistance, and if there needs to be an alternative strategy. While some may argue that it is better to reward than challenge, when it comes to leadership development, rewards only reinforce existing behavior while challenges help a person grow personally and professionally. The potential leader may succeed or fail at this real-world scenario test, but either way, learns from the experience about what is involved in being a leader and what worked but what needed further improvement. Number two, rotate. Like the challenge tactic, rotating potential leaders into into a different department or job function can highlight their strengths while also providing them with a different perspective that benefits them now and later on. By actually working in every department or area of an organization, a potential leader can use this hands-on experience to understand how every aspect of the company works as well as what is involved in, in, in fulfilling that role. Even though they are rotating jobs or roles outside of their knowledge or skill set, they can still ask themselves how it can be done better and incorporate this into how they would lead this particular group or function later on as a leader. Mentor. This is number three. Very, very important. So listen up. A mentor is someone who has already served in the role they are now helping another learn. They have the experience, skills, and knowledge to share in a, in a uh, consultative role that offers direction, a listening ear, suggestions, and resources. It's a much more nurturing and supportive way to develop a leader, but just as effective in its result. A mentor is often there to provide a soft landing should mistakes be made and talk it through. This involves handling the emotional and psychological aspects of failure and providing the learning lessons and recommendations as as a helping hand to get a potential leader back up and at it again. Select someone within the organization that can help the prospective leader to see the company and its members from a different vantage point. Okay, mentoring is a super important. All right. Number four, expose. 
While the word exposed off often brings to mind something that involves risky contact, like being exposed to a virus, the other context for this word involves experiencing new things that alerts perceptions. Exposing a candidate for leadership to new experiences, situations, technology, cultures, processes, information, and or people helps to add new facets that enable that person to lead all types of people and through numerous situations using different approaches. Number five, coach. Different than mentoring, a coach observes and determines what a person does, uh, what they do well, and what they could do better before creating a game plan to enhance performance. They may yell, but they will also be the first to congratulate a potential leader when they do something well. A coach will wear a person out with constant exercises and training to make incremental improvements. This coaching tactic is important because it focuses on the fundamentals of leadership which are so important to developing the skills to not only direct and delegate, but that are also critical to inspiring and motivating people to listen, believe, and do. Number six, educate. Provide leadership development training or fund the candidate's return to higher education through online coursework and instill leadership theory and practice. While on-the-job development provides the most effective way to develop leadership skills, it does not hurt to incorporate a scholarly framework to the leadership development process. Use webinars, sabbaticals, industry events, professional associations, and other learning platforms to further their knowledge, experience, and skill set. Number seven, evaluate. A person can only get better through evaluating what they did and the results of those choices. An evaluation process points to areas for improvement that can become the focus of ongoing development efforts. Knowing strengths and weaknesses is a way to map out strategy for improvements that further develop the strengths and overcome the weaknesses of a leader. Dealing with failure will determine success. Okay, guys, it's very, very important to see how a potential leader deals with failure. If it completely crushes them and they cannot recover from it, you may want to give that person a second thought. It's not being mean. That's just being realistic and some real talk. If they do well and they bounce back and they have ideas in order to go around the problem set or go around the failure, then you know you've got yourself a a, a good potential leader on your hands, okay? Number eight, support. Often, a leader is viewed as the pillar of an organization and one who has a strength of many. However, a leader is human and may make many mistakes and misfires, so they need encouragement from their colleagues to soldier on. The idea that the leader was willing to take chances and put themselves out there, um, therefore, accepting the support is not a sign of weakness. If anything, it shows that a leader is brave, humble, and understanding with his team when they try something new or make mistakes. All right, number nine, listen. Again, very, very important one. Pay close attention to what the leadership candidate has to say before before providing them with information so you can shape what you tell them. Their questions may guide how you develop that leader. Likewise, show the prospect the fine art of active listening and teach them why listening is often more important than talking when it comes to motivating others to achieve specific results results so uh, those of us you know we we all as humans we have a habit of 
uh, listening to respond. In this case, please don't do that. Uh, don't just hear someone in this in in this in this um, situation because you are trying to develop a leader. Don't cut that person off. Don't just hear them. Listen to them. Uh, if you don't think that there's a difference, look up the two basic definitions. I guarantee you there is there's a big difference between just hearing somebody and truly listening to them. All right. Number 10, ask. Pose questions to the potential leader that can help them to think more strategically or outside their comfort level. Uh, while they may not be able to immediately answer, this gives them food for thought and ways to link what they are learning to what it means to be a leader. This also allows them to leverage their own personal leadership style to a particular issue or dilemma. Then talk through the approach with that person or team that is helping them grow into the in uh, into the role of the leader. Sorry, the develop to develop leader candidates. The first step is to ed- identify those high potentials you believe will respond well to these ten tactics. Once you identify those prime candidates, then you can leverage these tactics as a part of thoughtfully implemented leadership development program within your organization. Not everyone was meant to lead, and that's perfectly okay, guys. These 10 strategies are meant to guide leaders into teaching, coaching, and mentoring the future leaders of organizations. After all, simply put, leaders make other leaders. All right, topic number two comes to us from Miss Taylor, and she asks, how do I stay consistent over time making small changes in order to produce big results? All right, well, Miss Paula, I found out a great, I found a great article, and it is entitled, To Achieve Big Goals, Start With Small Habits, by Miss Sabina Nawaz one of the contributors to Harvard Business Review. All right, so let's see what what, uh, Sabina says. When presented with a problem that requires behavior change, we pounce on it with big goals. We're programmed to go big or go home. But big goals are more burdensome than they are motivational. They require uh, daunting effort to accomplish and sustain. Instead, the way to achieve big is start small through micro habits. All right. Remember that term, micro habits. Micro habits are small components of a larger habit. By breaking down an uh, an ambitious job into smaller, more achievable ones that you build over long periods of time, micro habits help you complete big goals. To succeed with micro habits, you must be deliberate and choreograph steps to sustain them. First, identify a ridiculously small micro habit, something so what 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 Sabina's saying here is something so just it, like it doesn't even matter because it's so ridiculously small, right? Um, and and piggyback on a daily task so it becomes part of your regular routine. Next, track your progress and hold steady for a long time before building on the habit. Finally, find others to hold you accountable and keep you motivated. The idea of making change through small habits, it's not new. Others have discussed and written about it in the past, but people still struggle to implement them. We're we're indoctrinated and rewarded for thinking big, not executing small. Okay, I'm going to read that again. We're indoctrinated to and rewarded for thinking big, not executing small. So there's some behavior change here, right? We might feel silly doing something minuscule 
and spending any time on it, uh, it's not even going to seem worthwhile. So we talk ourselves out of doing it and, and, and right, right at the start. Okay. Um, even incorporating a tiny shift into our routines is harder than we might imagine. The reality about big behavioral changes is that it's unlikely you'll make a dramatic shift overnight. You're not going to. Let's just let's just dispel that rumor right now. Otherwise, you would have done it a long time ago. But we often underestimate our resistance to smaller adjustments as well. Any changes to our routine and integrated behavior is very difficult. To succeed with microhabits, you must be deliberate and choreograph steps to sustain them. With that in mind, consider these five steps for getting started. All right, here we go. Identify a, ridic- a ridiculously small microhabit. It usually takes my workshop participants between three and eight tries before they come up with something su- um, sufficiently small enough to be considered a microhabit. When I tell them reading for an hour each night is too large, then they change to reading for 45 minutes then down to 30 minutes, and so on. Finally, I tell them, you'll know when you've truly reached the level of a microhabit when you say, that's so ridiculously small, it's not even worth doing, okay? In this case, reading only one paragraph each night. In our coaching groups, participants only get credit for achieving the minimum bar, not going beyond it. Aim for small. Now, that seems counterintuitive, right? Aim, aiming for small, we all want the brass ring. We all, we all aim for um, big results. So I, I like, I like where she's going with this article here. Okay, let, let, let's let's uh, let's move on. Piggyback on a daily task. The benefit of micro habits is that you should be able to perform it with minimal effort every single day. It's important to execute on a new ritual daily so it becomes second nature. And if it's small enough, you won't be as tempted to defer. Uh, from your task from one day to the next. However, no matter the size of the task, it's easy to get distracted, make excuses, or forget. Perform your new action at the same time or right before an action you do without thinking. Repetitive motion, guys. Repetitive things. Uh, Need to read a paragraph each night? You can do that while brushing your teeth. Meditating for 30 seconds each day? Check that off your list while waiting here for your coffee to brew. Now that's brilliant because we're trying to we're trying to instill micro habits um with with things we do every single day. We all brush our teeth. Like I hope we all brush our teeth before going somewhere. And you know, uh, a ton of us love coffee, so why not meditate when uh, you're waiting for your coffee to brew? Brilliant, right? Pretty awesome. All right, tracking your progress. Very, very important. All right, track your progress. Let's 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 stick close to this one. As the saying goes, what gets measured gets done. Again, if your measurement if your measurement process is elaborate, you're less likely to complete it. Many of my coaching clients use a yes list requiring 20 seconds a day to complete. Write down the desired action. And under each date, simplify, uh, simplify a list a, with either a Y or an N to indicate if you've completed the task. People, people discover surprising benefits to the yes list, including detecting patterns when they're likely to advance or regress in their efforts. Hold steady for a long time. It's hard to think small to begin with. It's even harder to stay small. 
Jake's micro habit was doing two push-ups a day. After earning 10 Ys in a row on his yes list, Jake was eager to do more. For the next two days, he did five push-ups, soon pushing up, up the number to 10 and then adding a 20-minute workout after. The sad result? Within two months, Jake had given up exercising altogether as he'd enlarge his goals unrealistically fast. You've stuck with your original micro habit long enough when you feel bored with it for at least two weeks in a row. Then increase it only by about 10%. So 10% um, increase uh, when you want to uh, get that micro habit out and uh, go bigger. All right, here's a very, very important, uh, important one. Seeking help in holding you accountable. We get real scared when we hear that 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 word accountable or ownership. We 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 tend to sweat. We tend to shake and sh- shake and shiver. Right? It might sound strange to enlist a partner to monitor your daily reading of one paragraph or doing two push-ups, but having people support you and hold you accountable can uh, cement new behaviors, and it helps them in return. The leadership program mentioned above has a uh, has a peer group and meeting every other week and participants send a report of the micro habits weekly updating the group on progress by stating how many days of the week they performed it. When someone consistently fails to act on their micro habit, the group helps them further uh, further refine the task or address possible hindrances to to action. If you don't have a peer coaching group, consider asking three to six friends who are also interested in making change if they'd be willing to exchange yes lists every week. Make sure you curate a small group rather than just one person. This creates a stronger bond of accountability in, uh, in case one person you know, fizzles out. Uh, the simple act of accounting for not achieving your micro goal can be a motivator, even if it means completing that day's task right before you communicate. When you want to change behavior, jumping headlong into a major goal with both feet is often a waste of time. Instead, make tiny incremental adjustments until they are part of your muscle memory. By starting small, you can attain big results. Okay, so in today's episode, we talked about development for employees in order for them to become strong, successful leaders. And we also talked about the importance of small incremental changes that are sustained over time in order to produce big results. Both are incredibly important to the leadership and motivation world. A huge thanks again to Mr. Ives and Ms. Taylor for suggesting these topics. Super, super good, guys. I really, really appreciate your collaboration. Uh, you know, uh, collaboration is how we succeed and learn. But most importantly, it's how we grow as leaders. And growing as a leader is super, super important. It, it, you know, we have to be able to grow. We have to be willing to grow in order to foster um, leaders of the future. That's just the, you know, just the way it goes. Uh, so again, guys, appreciate the collaboration. All right. As usual, check me out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and also the Wisdom app. You can download it from the app, Apple App Store or the Google Play Store. You know, leadership is not easy by any by any stretch of the imagination, nor is change. We must embrace both in order to become effective, compassionate, and stellar leaders. You know, after all, if, if leadership were easy, everybody be, would, would be doing it, right? 
All right, I'm going to leave you uh, with two great quotes by Mr. John Maxwell, best-selling New York Times author, coach, and speaker. The single biggest way to impact an organization is to focus on leadership development. There is almost no limit to the potential of an organization that recruits good people, raises them up as leaders, and continually develops them. The pessimist complains about the wind. The optimist expects it to change. The leader adjusts the sales. Until next time, Charlie Mike. Bye now.